Hello, welcome to the Relational Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Thompson, joined by my co-host, Austin Hill. We thought it'd be a good idea for you to get to know us a little bit better. So today, we will be interviewing Austin Hill. So hope you enjoy. So I have been with the refuge, working at the refuge for over five years now. Um, I bef- prior to the refuge, uh, I worked at a rescue mission on the south side of Columbus, um, which is how I got to know you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we met each other through church at Veritas. Yep. So my story is: I grew up in a in a Christian home. I am the oldest of three boys. Um, Jesus was a part of everyday life and conversation in my house. Um, it wasn't just something that we, you know, heard about at church. It was at the dinner table all the time. I'm very, very fortunate in how I was raised. Both of my parents loved Jesus more than me, and I knew it, and I knew that wasn't a bad thing. Um, it was not a perfect childhood, but it was really, it was pretty good. Um, growing up, um, my uh, mom and dad were very... Uh, different from each other. Um, they were both outgoing. Uh, my mom was is is really bubbly, and my dad is, is was highly structured. So with uh, with boys, there was an awful lot of rules and fun at the same time. I remember enjoying dinner and hating dinner as a kid because <laughs> there was it was always like I was eating wrong, or I was eating too loud, and then we were laughing about something. Um, or we were being asked difficult questions that we didn't always want to answer. Mm-hmm. Um, or we were, it was emphasized often how Jesus impacted our life. And I grew up seeing both of my parents reading the Bible all the time. Like I have vivid memories of waking up from school, walking downstairs and seeing my mom prepare for a Bible study mm-hmm. or knowing that my dad was getting home late because he was at uh, a men's small group. So this, I, I could tell that there was something different about my parents and how they treated uh, my brothers and other people because of their faith in Jesus. Mm. Um, so again, very, very fortunate uh, to grow up that way. But when I went to college, um, realized that not everybody grew up that way. And I can remember thinking, it's like, you know, I'm going to enjoy college because it's only four years and I have my whole life. And so I really, uh, I, I enjoyed the college scene, but just not the school part of college. Um, I didn't really take, I was like, my faith is going to be there whether I act stupid or not. Um, and because of those kind of like just letting, letting down a lot of my guard and my own personal compass of what I should and shouldn't be doing, made a lot of stupid choices, nothing that really you know, hurt other people. Um, but it radically changed, um, the trajectory of my life. Uh, I had been dating, um, Chelsea, uh, who is now my wife. We'd been dating for three years when I was a freshman in college. We found out, um, we, we had been dating for a long time. We were like a stereotypical Christian couple. We were both officers in the fellowship of Christian athletes at our high school, um, and so in, in that period of where I was a freshman in college, she was a senior in high school, um, we had not had sex at all in high school, which was an accomplishment at that time and still is. Um, but we had sex once, and we both kind of were like, that was awesome, but it could really mess up our future if 
we don't, you know, watch this. So like, we should probably not do that anymore. Um, being 19 and 18, having that conversation, looking back, it's like, that was a fairly mature conversation for an 18 and 19 year old. Mm-hmm. Um, three or four weeks later, found out that we were pregnant. Um, I remember her showing up to campus um, during the week um, after it had snowed. And I had just got done planning how to sneak a keg into a dorm room. Um, and I was being, I was on a sled in a, being pulled by a pickup truck in a parking lot wearing like a plastic helmet. So that's what she drove up to with her parents oh, to see the future father of her child being an absolute idiot. I'm sure that was really encouraging for her. I mean, you were a freshman in college. Yeah, so. mm-hmm, I was. So um, found out we were going to have, we were going to be parents. We told my parents that weekend. Um, we told her, so we found out we were pregnant in February. We told our friends and friends and the rest of our families uh, outside of like our parents in April. She graduated from high school in May. We got married in June. And then we had our oldest daughter, Mabry, in September of that year. So in nine months, we went from kind of being 18 and 19-year-olds to 28 and 29-year-olds. So that was a major shift in my life. Yeah, wow. So I dropped. I've uh, never heard that story really? in much detail. No. Yeah. Uh-uh. It was a lot. And I was, yeah, uh, I gained, like, I was the, I was an idiot in college. I did not go to classes. I almost failed my first English class because I discovered what Call of Duty was. And I can remember deciding, it's like, you know what? We're storming the beaches of Normandy today, not going to English class. <laughs> I almost failed English because I was just doing a lot of immature 19-year-old things. Yeah. Um, and so this, like, so Mabry, our oldest, literally saved a lot of pain in my life. Because I was not on a mature trajectory. Like, it would not have probably turned out well. I enjoyed being a slob when I was 19. Um, I can remember missing it when I didn't um, go back to the dorm life. Um, so it's kind of like realizing that like I really needed to grow up and like get like a big boy job because I had to take care of this person uh-huh. that was now in my life. So I um, dropped out of dropped out of school full time, got a job as a maintenance man at an apartment complex back home in Marysville. Um, so my so Chelsea and Mabry and I we lived in an apartment complex where I also worked as a maintenance man for three years. So I learned an awful lot there. Where I can, I am, I know enough about stuff to keep things going, but not enough to get paid well for it. Yeah. Um, so that was really good. In That's that more time, than me. Yeah. So. In that time, we uh, realized, like, we started saving for a house. I didn't want to be a maintenance man forever. So the money we had saved for a house, we put towards a business. Um, Chelsea's family was in concessions, her parents were, and we bought a funnel cake stand. And, I know uh, about this. Yes. So uh, any of the guys who are working, if you're in the refuge and you work 100%, there's 100% attendance, I will make funnel cakes for you the next, <laughs> in the next And they're weeks. really good. They are very good. Yeah. Um, so we bought this funnel cake stand. We traveled around to Ohio, or uh, in Ohio, Mississippi, Tennessee, and Florida. And that's how we paid our bills for about five, seven years. Why just those three states? Those four states, because that's where oh. we could get a route. Okay. So, like, you okay. have to apply every year to get into a fair. And funnel cakes are everywhere, so you had to be – it was really hard. You can't just walk up to a fair and be like, I'm going to do that fair, because uh, that's – there's, like, 50 funnel cake stands in Ohio. Mm. 
So it's a competition. So it takes a while to get into a good fair. It takes a while to get in the right spot at a fair to make money there. So you can make money. It's just difficult. The other cool thing about being carnies for a long time <laughs> is we, I really learned an awful lot about people um, and how to deal with, because um, it's a cash business and that it, it attracts a certain type of person sure. to a fair. So dealing with conflict an awful lot, dealing with people that did not look like me or come from the same back, background as me, um, being lied to an awful lot being like, I was a very good, like a, a good, I was a good mark for con people. Like I bought things that were broken all the time because I trusted people <laughs> too, too quickly, um, which drove my wife crazy because she's very street smart and can just like identify liars. I'm just like very trusting. It's like, oh, they have the best thing in mind for me. I'm just, <laughs> so I bought a lot of stupid stuff. And that, believe it or not, um, because of the the time of how making money works is very similar to like a farmer where you make a bunch of money and then you have to live off of it for certain months and then you go make money. So I was on the road uh, for about seven, eight months out of the year. So that means four months out of the year, there was nothing going on. And so when I came, would be off the road, I would mess with the schedule that Chelsea had with at that time, our two, we had two daughters. So she's like, you've got to find a hobby away from the house when you're at home. So I started volunteering at a rescue mission on the South side of Columbus and the reason why I did that is because um, when I was a maintenance man, I was going to school at Columbus State at night. And close to Columbus State is a homeless shelter called Faith Mission. Mm -hmm. And um, when that was going on, uh, I was going to school at night. We had um, just bought our funnel cake stand. And my dad passed away unexpectedly. So mm -hmm. on a – it was – he just got sick one summer, or yeah, one summer. He just kept coughing. He has allergies. He had allergies really bad. I do too. And just one spring, it just didn't go away. He just kept coughing and coughing. Started losing a bunch of weight. They're doing all these tests, couldn't figure it out. So he went in in uh, September, the end of a September, 20, 20 uh, so that's 2009. Went in on a Friday for a lung biopsy. We found out he had cancer on a Saturday. The next day, he went to uh, the cancer like hospice care on a Sunday and he died on Tuesday. So, Oh my gosh. It was very, very fast. And I had he no was, idea it was that quick. Yeah. It was, so he was 53. Wow. When that happened. So it was a shock for us. Um, they found out he had cancer on, on Saturday, Saturday. Mm -hmm. And he passed on Tuesday. Yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Relational Recovery Podcast. We'll be starting part two in our conversation with Austin tomorrow. We'll see you then.